ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. With us this week, Eric Tanzos, uh, up around the Northampton area of Pennsylvania, northeast, if you will. Got a bear episode coming your way, guys. This is a really good episode for the guys that have been waiting for that. Talk Wallows, Dr. Alt, and the bear kill that he had recently. This story is so good. Uh, it will have you on the edge of the seat the whole way. I swear it's one of the best stories I've heard, especially coming out of here in Pennsylvania. So Eric was a great guest. Uh, really, really good to be back on having some new episodes like this. And a couple other things that uh, you guys might not know about Eric, and I'd really like for you to check out, is he has a uh, bait that he makes. Uh, the whole company he runs is the 610-610-Baits on Instagram. Go give it a check, man. He's got some pictures of some of the great fish that he's caught using those baits. And you know how we like to promote anything coming out of Pennsylvania here. So if you guys got some time, need some baits, hit him up. Until then, enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. Uh, guys, I got a really good guest, I believe, on here today. And uh, we were just BSing it up here a little before we come on. And Eric Tanzos is in the house, guys. And um, I'm excited for this conversation. I think we're going to go down the road of doing a little bit of some bear talk. Um, I know that you uh, follow bear closely. And uh, I know that you have a fishing company uh, doing lures. Yep. Um, which is something that we'll probably also touch on. And then also, man, you're an outdoors Pennsylvania guy, and that's why everybody that's listening to this is is here. So, um, Eric, how are you, brother? Not too bad. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. This is this is an exciting conversation. Uh, I love when I get guests on that are uh, that are as en- enthusiastic and and uh, as fired up for the outdoors as I am. So. Man, if you want to, just go ahead and sell yourself here real quick. Who are you, Eric, and uh, kind of where you're from and what you're about, man? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name's Eric Tanzos. I uh, grew up in Pennsylvania my whole life. I live in um, Northampton County in the small town of um, – or the small village of Point Phillips. <laughs> it's kind of – I guess uh, the closest thing you can – closest landmark to me is uh, Blue Mountain Ski Area, <laughs> so – live underneath the blue mountain so uh grew up here hunting and fishing uh i grew up on a really cool property that my grandparents actually passed down to my parents and now i live here with my wife uh we have 20 acres uh that has a small farm pond on it with bass and yeah you know we have some woods here a little bit of woods to hunt and but yeah no that's where i grew up and this is this is where i've always been it's all i know so, well, you got you got guys listening on here that are salivating over what you have, man. You know what I, <laughs> I mean? I know I'm super privileged, and I, <laughs> and I never take it for granted. I, a little while in college, I left to go uh, live in the city in in uh, Philadelphia, and um, man, if you, you know, it's like you really realize how much you love the outdoors when you live in the city for yep. four years. Yep. And then you come home and you just take a deep breath of like nice fresh air. It's nothing like it. So, <laughs> yeah, man, I understand. You know, I I did that. I went down that that road. Uh, my wife and I we lived in Pittsburgh for a little while. And okay, <laughs> um, Pittsburgh is not. Uh, I don't want to say that it, it, it's is comparable to to where you were because it's not. 
um, there is, you know, all, uh, sportsman's clubs and it's, 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 it's more promoted. Uh, like I was yeah. telling you before you get on, you know, you have the, the that Harrisburg line kind of, if you will, that Susquehanna line where, um, you, you have a little bit more far left out towards the way you're talking, which yeah. can, can kind of, you know, hamper on hunting and, and fishing and whatnot. And then on, uh-huh. on this side, um, you know, you, you do have a little bit more of a conservative oh, yeah. view, which, which helps with that stuff. But, um, you're right, man. Uh, you, you don't really realize you love something like that until it's not just at your fingertips every minute of every second of every hour. I, I think, exactly. I think for me, the biggest kick in the balls, if you will, was not being able to pee off the porch right away. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, it was, it was little things like that. Like even, um, what is it? I was in my apartment in Philly and I was on the fifth floor and all I had to do was shake out my little like walkway, walkway rug. Cause I got some mud on it or some dirt on it. And uh-huh. I, I literally could not find a place to shake off my rug. Yeah. And it, it just drove me crazy. I remember just, uh, that being such a big deal to me. Something <laughs> so little was kind of my breaking point where I'm like, I got to get back to the country. Yeah. man, <laughs> I feel that man. Yeah. It's, you know, the, 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 uh, there's the other thing of it. Everything's convenient, right? Like you could just call and get a pizza immediately, or you can swing by and you know you get gasoline right next to your house or whatnot um, yeah oh, especially in philadelphia the best food yeah right so exactly oh, lots of lots of good steaks food. And for pizza. sure oh. for sure man <laughs> lots of different cultures lots of good food absolutely um, but yeah you know oh, a house you know the acreage you have pond a wife you, you know there <laughs> trust me there's guys on here that are thinking man you got her licked so um but you know I understand that uh, you you're really into um, you know viewing bears, hunting bears, studying bears, and kind of take me down the road, man. You're you know, and it just doesn't have to be about bears, but your upbringing, you know, where does that come from? You know, is that mom and dad? Is that uh, you know somebody close to you? How did you get kind of bred into that Pennsylvania culture of of, of loving that stuff? Yeah, so uh, it all. I mean, I was born here and and my parents house that i grew up in and my grandparents house are within a skip hop and a jump from each other so i grew up real close to next to my grandparents mm-hmm. my grandfather was a big hunter uh in pennsylvania and also out west he did uh elk hunts and bear hunts and he even did a, a northern quebec uh caribou hunt yeah, so that's awesome he was real big into it and as well as my dad and also my mom, which is really cool. So I, I had both parents that were really big into hunting. So and they took it very seriously. So growing up, you know, I just it was one of those things where when I was a small kid, the day after Christmas was going up to camp. And, you know, archery season, we went up to camp and we right. kind of lived at our camp that we have up north. And uh, it was just just how we grew up. It was all we really knew. And hunting is what we talked about and deer and um bears really didn't come till last year actually okay so okay i started bear hunting i, I don't know really I, i'm trying to think in the recent past few days what got me to start focusing primarily on bears um but i think i think it was just one day i was sitting in a diner and uh i drank like five cups of coffee <laughs> and i was like just like pumped on coffee i'm like you know i'm gonna go bear hunting and I'm like, I, I, we live in such a cool area. Pennsylvania is such a unique area that, mm-hmm. or like unique region that we have 
a good population of bears and we also have like really big bears mm-hmm. and i think i was thinking you know i could spend my whole life trying to chase a buck and i, I don't know i i was thinking to myself i'm like i probably have a better chance in my lifetime finding a really nice bear than i do finding like a really big buck <laughs> that's, i don't know if that makes sense it does it does it does it makes yeah, sense but so, you know it, it is that's wild that's wild to say out loud but you're you're probably right yeah and i'm like you know so i'm like i'm gonna try that out and i grew up also with a twin brother um his name is chris tanzos mm-hmm. and he's a, a an accomplished archery hunter and our deer hunter in general and mm-hmm. you know it's like Another thing, too, is, like, when you're a twin growing up, you kind of have, you share everything. <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. And it's almost natural to, to like, want to do your own thing. So I was like, you know what, maybe this will, maybe I'll try bear hunting. You know what I mean? Now it'll kind of, we both enjoy hunting, but I was like, maybe this will be, like, my thing. I'll go for bears. He'll go for deer. And let's mm-hmm. see if we can, um meet somewhere do this regularly let's see if we can get on anything for sure so um yeah started with that and then just media i was um listening to different podcasts Mm -hmm. specifically uh um i don't know if we can mention podcasts on this podcast oh yeah no problem no problem okay yeah um i was listening to a lot of bear grease Mm -hmm. um from the meat eater channel with uh, clay newcomb yeah he's good clay is a great speaker Yeah, great. And he he did an episode about Daniel Boone and just how Daniel Boone was from Eastern PA. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's kind of where he started, and he, yeah. he just and he then he started bear hunting, and he was just a and man. That was such an inspiring podcast to listen to. Mm-hmm. Well, just, isn't uh, um, uh, Daniel Boone's uh, home? Isn't that right off of four twenty two there? Four twenty two. He's in. I believe he was in the Reading area. Yeah, they yeah. don't really know quite like the town, okay. but within the Reading area, which is like an hour from me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's just it was just cool. I never knew that about him. So that was just like a really cool fact. And then I, I kind of got enamored by bears and just uh like, um I I joined Bear Hunting Magazine, mm-hmm. and got a bunch of articles, and I started reading these articles, and I'm like, right. But you took you took it serious, man. Like you you know you dived yeah. in. You just said, hey, this is this is what I'm gonna go for. Yeah. So I kind of I kind of put deer hunting out of my mind and i'm like i'm just gonna treat this like how you how i would usually treat deer hunting Mm -hmm. which is start in the spring and let's go all summer looking let's uh let's really try and break this down and figure it out and you know because before this year i i've never seen i've never even seen a bear in the woods right so i was like i mean grant look for you know i mean I, i really was never looking for him i was looking for deer and um I think through this time I've spent, you know what I mean, since last spring, I, I, I saw, uh, I want to say it was 20 bears. Wow. So just by looking for them and knowing where they're at and reading and finding food sources and um, wallows and setting up cameras, it just, it, it really, it was very rewarding right away. Now, you know, we have a lot of listeners on here, and some are going to be keen to what you're talking about, and some won't. So, um, if you would go into a kind of a detail, like what what a bear wallow is. Okay, so um, a bear wallow is basically, I mean, a, a body of water that's usually small. So it's small, but it has to be deep, and it's not something that can dry up. So a lot of times you'll find like natural springs or 
drainage seeps or even um, some streams will kind of pull off to the side and they'll have like a pool. Um, and it's basically a place where the bears go to cool down during the summer, mm-hmm. from my understanding. But also it's a place where they uh, spread their scent. Um, it's kind of it's almost like a scrape for deer. OK, yeah, that's cool. So it's it basically serves the same purpose, but it it's used primarily during the summer to cool them down because um, bears don't have a great regulation when it comes to heat. And uh, it also is a way for them to shed their or share their scent and uh, and stuff like that. So, but yeah, we usually find them um, anywhere where you'd find a a low spot in the mountains, like if you were to um, e scout. You know what I mean? We'll find uh, just low spots, random low spots, little fall, little blue lines, mm-hmm. um, little drainage seeps. So. Oh, I chase but, lots um, of blue lines, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm always looking for brook trout, so. Okay. Um, but, I, yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's where we found them. And um, a good telltale sign that you're walking on a bear wallow is, one, it'll probably be muddy. Mm-hmm. You'll, that and also um, um, bears that and how deer they'll make a trail through the woods it'll kind of be like a single straight line right going through the woods with bears you'll see very um noticeable stomp marks like pad marks it almost look like they're like hopping down the trail and it's it, it just comes from over over time bears will literally step in the same spot to a wallow so it's really interesting so those those wallows you know like you were saying how they uh kind of leave their scent in that area and whatnot what you know some of the wallows that you have probably placed cameras on then because i mean like you said if if it's like a scrape basically that's like that that hub center right the communication line yeah um yeah so we'll yeah we'll leave cameras on them um i i i don't think it's a, a useful it's not useful for hunting. Like I, if I'm leaving a camera over a wallow, it's just kind of seeing what's in the area, and it's just kind of um, just just more for fun than it is as like a hunting tool, because by the time fall comes around and with how late Pennsylvania's bear season is, even our muzzleloader season, which is October 14th, is still pretty late when it comes to like bear hunting um, standards they're usually doing a completely different thing and they're not hitting the walls anymore. So if anything, it's just a, a way to see what's in the area and uh, just to have fun and learn about bear behavior and yeah. see cool videos of them. So yeah, that is cool, man. And I, yeah. um, you know, like I said, I was, I've been following you for a while and um, you know, I was watching some of the stuff that you were putting up about these bears and these wallows and it wasn't something I was real familiar with. And I'm not the biggest bear hunter. And like I was telling you before, I, I have close friends that are really, really into it, but, um, I actually ran across and found one of these wallows on accident. Oh, yeah? Right. Yeah. I, I, um, I sometimes will look for, this is kind of a weird way to, to say it, but like if I can get like on top of a I call them mountain swamps, if you will. Yep. Um, uh huh. Kind of like you know where the, like a spring would be feeding into, but it's like right near like a, a four to eight year old clear cut, if you will, or or some uh-huh. sort of cut, and they they you know it kind of gets swampy in that area. And I found something on the map where I saw, thought hey, you know some water maybe gathering, and you know some deer maybe cruising right on the edge of a. Um, kind of like a bench system 
And uh, I was in there and I'm like, man, that looks funny. Like, it just looks weird, you know? <laughs> and I went up and I started looking around and I was like, holy shit, like, there's bear sign in here. Yeah, right? Yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah right. Awesome. It was one of the first times I was like, dude, this is cool, man, you know? And uh, I should have stuck a camera on it, man. But like I said, I I am, <laughs> I was white, I was being white tail snobby. I don't want to put one of my cameras there, you know? I, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. You don't want to waste a camera <laughs> right. on, on not white tail. <laughs> right. Now, I will tell you, um, I found that like uh, right at the beginning of the archery season this year, and I do plan on going back, and uh, yeah. I'm gonna get a a camera on that for sure. So, very cool. Um, That's gonna be exciting to see what you what you have up. Yeah, there. man, I, I am excited about that. Uh, like I was telling you before, the area I live in, they do well uh, bear hunting. Um, yeah, they're they're around, and I get them on my deer cameras. You know what I mean? Um, uh, this this past year, probably. 200 250 pound bear I, I i got a couple pictures of um tag deer you know um and uh uh bears do it for me they're cool uh it's not something that i was ever you know like i can't you know i can't wait and i have to kill one of these um uh-huh. i i have eaten them i have uh, a jar of bear fat here that was given to me um just last year um bear grease if you will whatever you want to call uh-huh. it um i uh I think it's cool. I've been to Maine, uh, bear hunting. Uh, it's kind of a different game up there, you know. Uh, everything is so swampy and, and and different for them up there. It's it's, it's really cool, but uh, they're they're a really cool creature, man. And I, I I give it to the guys that really know what they're doing, especially here in Pennsylvania. And uh, honest to God, one thing I do want to touch on real quick before we move forward is yeah, you, we have nobody to thank, but someone who was basically a martyr in our state. Um, and that would be, um, oh, geez, my, my mind is, 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 is uh, I'm losing my mind here. Uh, Dr. Gary Alt, uh-huh. um, which is wild because that guy was like, a wanted man whenever he came over to the deer program. Oh yeah. With the whole antler restriction. <laughs> oh yeah. <deal. laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he, if you ever have a chance, he's a really great, documentary and it's about the life cycle of a pennsylvania black bear mm-hmm. and it i i watched it when i first started getting into bears i think it's like two hours long and it goes from as soon as they get out of dens to back to going back into dens mm-hmm. just the entire cycle of a bear and um it's filmed probably in the 1980s early 90s and the shots they get are unreal yeah. just like the most beautiful shots of bears with all with like film cameras, it is really really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. For, and then like um like you're saying, as old as that footage is, um, that's pretty wild that they were you know able to get footage like that back then. And, yeah, I mean like footage of like bears dragging dead deer into dens and stuff, like yeah. really really cool stuff. Yeah, man, I have him on my my uh my list if you will and uh <laughs> some point some point i'll probably that would be very down. cool <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'll get to sit down and talk to him he's he's a big pennsylvania fan so mm-hmm. um but moving forward man um so you know what was your plan kind of going into um to hunting a bear right uh y- y- do you hunt near the wallows uh do you you know do you say oh you know that bear uses this route a lot uh, you know, there's feed here. What just kind of run me down? What goes to your mind when you're like, "Hey, man, I might want to set up here." You know, or or are you usually mobile? What what is your plan of action? Sure. So, um, honestly, going into it, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I, I I almost I I I have experience shoot or hunting deer, so mm-hmm. I 
of course my my default is to hunt them like deer and i was like i knew i wanted to get my first bear in a stand um over a spot that they frequented i i knew i didn't necessarily want to do it over a, a traditional drive like most pennsylvania um bear hunts go down no i have nothing against that i think it's very cool mm-hmm. i i even um partook in some bear drives this year with a, a very experienced established camp and it was an incredible experience um but i knew that i really wanted to get it done solo by myself in a tree stand either in archery season or that early muzzleloader um and my first step was just just reading and doing a lot of research online and videos and every I, I read so much this spring about bear hunting in general and tactics and and um there's to be honest there's not a lot of material on northeast bear hunting that's uh unbaited mm-hmm. and um like in stands that's not drives so there was a good amount of figuring out and and i'm glad that everything worked out the way it did but where I did end up getting a bear, but if I didn't, I would have, you know, I mean, just taken it as a year of learning, which I still consider this is just a, a year of learning. But right. um, I my first initial plan was to find as many wallows as I can, set cameras up, mm-hmm. and see which one had bears at it during the archery season. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was hoping we had an early or a really warm first day of bear. And my, that was my goal and that was my plan. And, um, I quickly found out that that just is not the way to go. Um, I spent a whole day hunting over wallows that were dead and had no sign on them and that there weren't bears there for weeks. So, um, I, I read a few articles that said, if you I mean, and it's kind of common knowledge with um, bear hunting, and it's if you find the food, you find the bears. And um, things that I I figured out through the process of bear hunting this year was if you can find thick lower cover. So, you know, if you can find laurels, um, if you can find blueberry thickets, if you can find a a young uh, clear cut, nothing old, nothing like you don't want to do anything older than like uh, five years old, just enough where the, the underbrush is about as high as your head. Mm-hmm. Um, that, and if you could find that mixed with oaks or that mixed with a food source that they're eating either. I mean, in the fall in Pennsylvania, you either have uh, red apples okay. um, or a few, a few kinds of apples are um, last until, October. Um, in my case, I was hunting over uh, white oaks specifically. Um, I tried hunting over red oaks, and um, there was no sign of bears there. And I, I honestly don't think they eat the red oaks until later, similar to deer. Hmm. Um, so, and and the biggest thing is finding fresh scat. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. And staying mobile so i I hunt with a a saddle set up and sticks and um that was a big i think a big factor is just staying mobile and and not settling with an okay spot but settle with you know set up when you have a spot where there's fresh bear 
scat, um, thick underbrush, and food, a food source with that, whether it's oaks or berries or, I mean, or, or apples. So Okay. Now, the region or the area that you shot that bear in, is there, like, is it mountain laurel? Is it prominent in there? Is it, um, I know in my area, uh, the bear seemed to come, you know, when, when the bear are killed here, they usually are pushed out of heavy mountain laurel area. Yeah, so I I really, if it doesn't have mountain laurel, I mountain laurel is kind of like where I start, okay. and if it doesn't have mountain laurel, I won't spend too too much time unless there's like of course heavy sign, mm-hmm. but um yeah, mountain laurel is kind of like a must, and then um go from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then find food, and then find uh, and then find um scat, and then water. So yeah, but yeah, mountain laurels were where I hunted this season primarily yeah that's that's funny you know that that's seems to be a prominent thing that i've i've seen or or run into and um i know for me on the fishing side of things when i see mountain laurel i get almost giggity and i i know if i'm on a mountain stream usually i'm gonna find some some wild trout in there but Uh um i guess on your side you're thinking boy we got black bears in here somewhere yeah just some cool from the to hide under and just just uh something to keep them hidden you know Well, like you were saying, and I wasn't really aware of, you know, I can see why and know why, you know, they'd, they'd want the mountain laurel, um, maybe, uh, hemlocks, pines or whatnot, uh, to help with their, you know, a thermal cover, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, to help regulate their body temperatures. Um, but yeah, man, you know, you, so you got to walk us down the road of what happened with your kill on this bear. And then after that, we're going to have to get into what you did with it. You know, I need to know how you cooked this thing up. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to share. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I, I, I guess, uh, I, I started off in the spring scouting, finding, uh, just hiking different areas where I knew in the past there were bears and, um, in five different counties in Pennsylvania and two regions. Mm-hmm. So I, I hunted the East and I hunted the central, um, and found a, a lot of good sign. Um, but, um, I really focused in two main areas that there was more sign than, and more pictures that I got than anywhere else. So start on those two. And cause my, my goal was to hunt very heavily populated areas that had heavily population, a heavy population of bears. Um, it was kind of like if, if I got more than five pictures of bears on camera, um, that's where I was going. I wasn't going to go to a place that maybe had one or two, or I, I see a, a small male walk by during the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to have a good amount of bears. So that's kind of where I started. Um, next, uh, like I was saying too, this, this is my first year bear hunting. So I, I really hadn't, didn't have too much idea of what I was going to do. And, um, my first thought was let's let's hunt over some wallows because that's where I was getting pictures of bears. Mm-hmm. And and now if I were to look back on it, I'd say don't even bother hunting wallows. Hunt where there's food and because um, summer scouting is kind of pointless because bears during the summer are, are mating and they're migrating and like for instance a male bear's uh, habit like its range its home range could be a hundred miles square miles so. You know, I mean, that could bear that bear in the summer is not in the same place that it is as it is during the fall. Right. 
Um, but yeah, my first uh, day, well, first day of the season, I was hunting a uh, laurel thicket. And this is a uh, Saturday, October 14th. I was hunting a laurel thicket that had red, a bunch of um, red oak acorns. And um, I was using my saddle and I was using a, an inline muzzleloader. I thought I'd use that this year instead of my trad bow, which I usually go, I usually have a, if I'm archery hunting, I'm using a, a recurve for the most part. Yeah. So I, I decided to take the muzzleloader and, and I saw a few deer, but um, it was almost suspicious how many red oak acorns were on the ground that weren't being touched by any animals. And I'm like, I, I just have a feeling that nothing's eating these, including the bear. I didn't find any bear tracks or any bear scat. So I was like, I, I gotta rethink this. So um, I ended up taking the trek all the way to the other side of the state for the most part, or a four hour drive to uh another part of the state um, where I've had some success uh, seeing, or I had some camera success um, during the summer. So uh, over wallows. So the next day, which was on Monday, I Monday, the 16th, I hunted over a wallow all day. I sat from, you know, five in the morning till, till dark, okay. which I think at that point is like seven thirty. And, right. Um, didn't see anything. The wind was swirling and I was kind of like down on myself. I'm like, what am I doing? You know, I don't know mm. what the heck I'm doing here. Maybe I should go back to deer hunting. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I was, it was all down on myself. And so the next day I woke up, I'm like, I'm going to try hunting, uh, a wallow one more time. So I had one more wallow that I was thinking on in total, I found six wallows over the summer. So it was kind of um, picking and choosing which one I think would be the best. And so I sat over one more wallow and um, nothing. So I got down at like nine o'clock in the morning and I I remembered, I was trying to just rethink of what I should do and, and kind of um, start from square one. I remember probably five years ago, my brother and I were hiking a, a trail and we found a bunch of bear scat in the laurels that was clearly this bear was eating acorns. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's a, I read something online that said, if bears find a solid food source, they're going to continue going to that year after year. And, um, they'll eat it until it's gone. So, and they have a very good memory where that if they find a tree that's, dropping acorns they'll go to that exact tree every single year um so if you find scat it means that they're there and it was around the same time of the year that you know i mean that was hunting and i'm like i'm just gonna try out there i'm gonna go see if i can find any fresh scat and um i park my car off the side of the game land road and i walk in and i didn't walk more than 30 yards and i found a bunch of fresh bear scat and i was like all right, we are in the game. Let's find a tree. Let's figure it out. So go back to the car. I get my backpack and my saddle on and get my gun ready. And I walk not even 50 yards from the road, Gameland Road. And here I am hiking all summer, miles and miles. <laughs> right. and I have spots <laughs> like four miles back. And here all the deer sign or here all the bear sign is, is 50 yards off the road. But uh-huh. I'm like, I just need to humble myself and you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to leave bears to find bears. Like there's sign here. I got to hunt it, even though it's not an optimal area. 
So I uh, hike in. I find a tree that is within 30 yards of a, a nice beaten down trail through the laurels. And it wasn't a bear specific trail, but it was so thick in this area that I knew it, if there's an animal in there, it's walking this trail because mm-hmm. there's really no other way to get through. Right. So in the process of, so I find a tree, I'm setting up and I, I get two sticks up and I have one stick on, do you hunt with a saddle? Are you familiar? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I, I put a stick on my bridge, mm-hmm. like uh, my, my linesman belt basically. Okay. And I'm, I'm messing with getting something untangled and I hear some crunching to the right of me and I look over and there's a bear walking down the trail oh my. <laughs> and I'm, I stop and I'm sitting there and I, I can't believe my eyes. And this bear just trots, trots along right past me. And as soon as it got out of sight into the laurels, I have my gun on a string, you know, connected to my bino harness. Right. And I, so I'm pulling up my gun as fast as I can. And I have, I mean, I have my stick on my, bri- or on my lines and belt. I am totally tangled and string and. Mm-hmm. But you, but, my- but you're attached to the tree. You have your lineman loop on right now and you're just, le- yes. you're leaning oh, yeah. back, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm all, I'm safe with it. I'm on a step and I have I got you. Um, my lines and belt around the tree. I'm just trying to paint the picture for everybody. You have two hands available. Right. Yes. Yes. I I very much have two hands available. One has a stick in it, so I'm kind of hanging it from my lines and belt. Right. But um, mm-hmm. so I, I get my gun up, and I I didn't have time to unhook the string, like my pull up rope. Mm-hmm. So my pull up rope is still connected to my gun, <laughs> and um, I have my binocular or my uh, scope covers on. I pop my scope covers off, and I I remembered inside my bino harness i always keep a dying rabbit call uh-huh and i i pulled it out and i i could see this bear in the distance about 60 yards and i got this dying rabbit call out i gave it a few squeaks just like meep, meep, meep. and it sounded like it sounded like 10 deer running through the laurels oh. this bear turned around and ran right at me oh my god <laughs> and it ran right at me and it ran up a tree and was looking down where I was for the rabbit that was in the laurels. And I couldn't believe my eyes that what was happening. So I, I stopped and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know what's going on. So my thought was, if I give it a few more squeaks, maybe I'll run it up the tree. You know what I mean? And then um, basically like I would have treed a bear. So I, I gave it one more squeak and it came down and ran 10 yards directly at me and um ended up going broadside and at 10 yards i took a shot and and uh dropped it right there and it rolled and um and that was how it went and so man uh, what a story what a story I, it, it was something else and i and i i, I want to say i was cool calm and collected and i acted like i've been there before but i took that shot and i saw it go down and i just yelled I was like, ah, ah, ah. I didn't know what to do with myself. It's so much adrenaline. And... Oh my god, man! So I mean, I'm in the God. I, one day I'm gonna have somebody come up to me and be like, I was in the woods a hundred yards away and something crazy, but I just screamed at the top of my lungs. I couldn't believe what happened, and I, I mean, it, it was down, but it bears they kind of like um take a little. I don't know. They like roll around almost. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's too graphic or not, but right. So I I. 
I was like, I got to get another shot on this bear. So mm-hmm. I get my ramrod again. I'm all tangled and stuff. My <laughs> right. stick is still hanging and I get my ramrod out. I put another load in. I end up getting my ramrod and throwing it behind my back, which I found later, but <laughs> I didn't even realize I was doing it. I was just so excited. And um, I took another shot, I ended up missing it, but it, it ended up expiring there. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the first thing I did was I called my mom who was up at camp with me and she, uh, she actually just got done walking into the woods a mile in and getting all set up. So here I am calling her, I got a bear, I need your help, I need your help. <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, I got to get down. She was very excited. And mm-hmm. as I was calling her, I was on speakerphone, and it did the death moan thing where it just yeah, did death growl through the woods. And mm-hmm. so my mom got to hear that. And it, it's pretty it special. Is, it's, it's just as eerie as people explain it, but um, – yeah. It's a good sound because you know it's 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 expired. So yeah, yeah, I I uh, I know what you're talking about. Um, and yeah, it's not too graphic, man. This is what we do. This is what we sign up for, and it's part. Of, yeah, it's part of the game. And um, you know, we don't go in the woods to just kill shit, right? Yeah, um, no, and that and you know, especially with bears, is like anytime you see a bear in the woods, it's a special treat. It's yeah. like yeah, and then killing one is is great, but that's not even what makes it awesome you know just right. seeing an animal like that and knowing that they're just you know i mean mine wasn't a 500 pounder but there's 500 600 pound giant bears in our woods it's just the coolest thing in the world and it's just uh like really where my passion lies it's just that there's just this is an awesome thing that we have here so yeah. well man you know like we were talking before it's uh we have a special state that we live in we um we are able to have uh, very good deer hunting, very good bear hunting. Uh, there's good populations of small game almost all over our state. Um, you know, we stock we we stock pheasants for for Pete's steak. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> we probably stock more trout than <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we got to be top five state stocking trout for sure for sure. And um, you know, our wild trout population, native trout population, is really good. I mean, it could be much yeah. better, but. Um, yeah, this is a, a special, special state that we live in. And, dude, your story is – it's unreal, man. That is awesome. Like, you yeah. you can't make that shit up, to be honest with you. You can't. Um, and, you know, I, it was one of those things where I'm not, like, a big filming guy. I've never brought a camera out in the woods. But it was one of those things where I was like, man, I really wish I had a camera. I, even if I did, I probably wouldn't get a shot of it because I was – everything happened so fast. But – yeah it was just the coolest experience ever and um something i'll remember till the day i die yeah. you know Un- unbelievable unreal so um did you uh number one how did you guys get it out and then um number two <laughs> right you got it out and then what uh what did you do with it did you guys did you cape it at camp did you uh take it to taxidermist uh fill me in which what happened after that yeah so um my mom ended up getting out of the woods and she got our truck and it was about a 25 minute drive to where i was at Mm -hmm. and uh she was so excited to get here she forgot our um jet sled (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we didn't have a jet sled at camp and i Mm -hmm. got the bear and we were trying to figure out what to do with it or how to get it out and i mean like i said we were only 50 yards from the road so it was pretty a pretty close um pretty close hike Mm -hmm. and uh so i once we got done gutting it, what we decided to do was uh, strap it in my backpack. And I actually carried it on my back um, to the car. And uh, it, it 
worked very good. It was heavy. Of course, I was jacked up on adrenaline, so mm-hmm. I, I didn't even realize what was going on yet. Um, it, the, I know I posted this on, I posted a video of it on, on some social media and some people had some issues with it, which I understand everyone just like cares about safety. But uh, I was, I was wearing full orange. I had orange gaiters on, mm-hmm. you know, I, mean? I had an orange hat. My mom was behind me fully in orange. Right. And I was yelling the entire time walking out this 50 yard hike to, to my car. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I ended up, uh, that was the best way to do it. And at the time that I thought, and, uh, um, I don't regret it at all. I think it was a great, um, I think it was a good way. I mean, I was thankful enough that it wasn't, uh, a giant bear. Cause if it was a, you know I mean? A 500 pounder, I, I don't know what you, I don't even know what you do in that scenario, but, um, yeah, just just because it was me and my mom, that was the best case and at the time. So that's what we ended up doing, and we uh, took it to the truck. We, uh, um, well, first we tagged it, of course. We took it to the truck, um, and then I had to go find service because I didn't have any really good cell phone service where I was at. But I uh, found out where the the um, check-in station was and mm-hmm. got to the check-in station, and they uh, unfortunately didn't have a scale. Which was a bummer. Yeah, that sucks. Because I really wish we could have figured out how much it weighed. But uh, according to the biologists that was there, who were great, it, it was a great experience. Um, they they believed it was 150 pounds live weight, 125 um, field dressing. Yeah. So after field dressing it, um, it's actually, it's funny too because that year for Christmas, my my mom bought our family a scale for a camp. <laughs> to keep so she had a scale for waiting for us at home to open up a week later for our birthday present and um <laughs> and we just didn't bring it to camp and we, here we are without a scale with a bear so well but uh, hopefully no, it was really cool and and we were it was a good laugh we were just like oh you know like <laughs> hopefully you guys get to use it uh this this coming season right yeah, no, I mean, hopefully. It's one of those things where it's like, uh, we hope it doesn't, it's not a curse. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> we might have to leave it at home every every week or every year now. So. Yeah, right. I'll tell you what, man, it's so funny you say that because like years and years and years ago, um, the, the one day I went out, I shot a real nice buck with a bow and I didn't, I, f- I forgot my knife at home. So I had, to, okay. I had to wait for my dad to get there to got it, you know, and um, come down and we shared our moment and I shared my moment with the, with the animal and all that and <clears throat> I got done gutting it, and I said to my dad, I said, well, you know, why I forgot my knife. So it's so funny. The year after that, I'm like, oh, I'm not having any luck. You know, I should leave my knife at home. And I, got, like, oh, I, yeah. I, I laughed to myself. I'm like, yeah, oh, you wouldn't do that. And then I kind of like was like, wait a second, you know. And no shit, man, I shot a deer that day, and I didn't take my <laughs> knife with me. Yep. Yep. True story. Oh, now, yeah. Now you'll never bring a knife in the woods again. Well, sure. well, that didn't last long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> soon as I, I i learned how to hunt you know more than just my private property um, yeah that's not an option so oh, absolutely uh, um but, but yeah man that's that man i love that story man i i i just it's one of them things you know it's it's kind of like what the heck told you in your mind like oh make a make a noise right like bring it back you know what i'm saying and i just because I know I've been in positions where I've had deer come by, and I'm like, man, I, I want to grunt at them or I want to try to turn them around. But at the same time, like, I'm kind of like in this daze where I'm like, well, what if there's a deer coming this way and I'm going to get busted? Yeah. You know? Or or it's just tough, man. It's one of them calls you made real quick, and I, the way it worked out for you is awesome, man. I have seen bears climb trees 
Um, uh-huh. and my brother and I were in Ohio or, uh, Maine. Uh, we were on a bear hunt and, uh, the guy that we were with just wanted to stretch dogs legs and didn't think that they were actually even going to get into one. And, uh, we, we were, we were hunting bait pals when we were up there, but, um, he, he just took his dogs for a run with his buddy's dogs and they ended up treeing one way, way, no way kidding. Back. Very I mean, cool. way, way, way back in the woods. Like, um, <laughs> so he said, Hey, you or your brother want to come up and, um, this bear probably not, won't stay treed long, but if you guys can get out here, uh, you know, you're more than welcome to shoot this, this bear. And so we, you know, Rochambeau, rock, paper, scissors for it. And, uh, he ended up getting it and he said, let's go. I said, all right, well, um, I didn't, I don't have the nicest truck if you will. Um, but it sure <laughs> as heck wasn't nice after we got back there. Uh, but it was so weird. The, the lease that they had up there, he, he wasn't allowed to put any wheels on the ground. Oh, interesting. I know Maine has a bunch of those weird rules. Yeah, so like that. Um, yeah. my brother ended up shooting a 400-pound bear, was 12, oh tw- yeah, 12 and a half years old, um, was getting so old that it was actually starting to lose muscle mass, so it kind of looks really? funny. Yeah. Uh, it has, like, this giant head, but, like, its body's, like, kind of funky looking, you know? Okay. Um, yeah, and you hear about that, too, where they kind of lose it after Yeah, a yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> the guide was so set on um getting it weighed live weight and us not field dressing it that we tried like and all <laughs> we had was this army gurney <laughs> so i mean i dude i'm like five six like 165 pounds like i'm not a big guy by any means and like my brother's you know a little bit bigger than i am and like we're there with this guide our guide's a big guy the help that he brought was just this other dude and luckily two of the younger guys that were at camp with us came and came out just to help us get this bear out and dude whew, br- i mean brutal like brutal 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 we got <laughs> yeah, halfway out that sounds, that sounds rough <laughs> right like it doesn't even sound like it was fun and it wasn't um but it was just like one of them things like we were just so excited and um boy i was so sore the next day though honest to god i remember how sore i was but <laughs> um you know uh it, it, it was so cool and uh like i said going into i want to segue into eating these things you know they the bears they they get a bad rap and i i think they get a bad rap because a lot of the people that shoot like ones where they're like oh that don't taste good is like probably the bear that's eating the diapers out of the trash <laughs> you know what i mean yeah absolutely right? and they don't really talk about or you know say hey you know this bear is from the woods and it's eating berries it's eating acorns right and and, and yep. stuff like that grub worms or or whatever they can find and so what did you do with your bear, man? Did you, um, you know, did you know anybody that said, "Hey, try cooking it up like this"? Did you render that that bear grease, if you will, and kind of take us down the path of what that looks like? Sure. Yeah. So, um, uh, me and my mom actually the night of, since I I ended up shooting that bear halfway through our um, my little barrication that I took, we were able to really just take our time and you know skin it out. And, um, uh, that night actually we were able to put some on a stick and roast it over the fire. Boy, that's and, cool, man. That's cool. And it was so cool. This, you know, me and my mom, it was like probably 11 o'clock midnight around that time, roasting the bear over the fire. And, yeah. um, my first bite of it, it, I was shocked of almost like 
how mild it is and how little flavor there was. Mm-hmm. You know, like deer, there's kind of like a flavor you can taste like a gaminess. This bear, it, it didn't even taste like beef. It was a very mild tasting meat and um it was really good but then we ended up taking it home and uh me and my i have a bunch of buddies that helped me out or my my good buddy and my wife and my mom and dad helped me butcher it and um end up taking off all the fat it didn't have too much fat because it was early in the fall didn't have its big uh winter layers of blubber like you see some of those guys they'll they'll butcher them and they have three four inches of of uh blubber this had you know maybe an inch or two an inch or a half mm-hmm. so uh, we ended up um rendering it down i got a few um jars of of bear fat and um been using that for cooking now since since i got it and i'm uh so i went through a few jars of it but it, it's been great the the bear grease is such a good unique flavor um i guess the, the way i could describe it to people who've never tried it before it's almost like it's similar to pork fat but it definitely has its own distinct flavor um and you know if you're cooking with it like if you cook venison fried in in, uh, bear fat you'll you'll know that it's fried in the bear fat um yeah no i'll do i'll use it for breakfast Uh, actually a pretty cool recipe that i've been making is uh blueberry pancakes fried in the bear fat and the blueberries that we're using were picked not too far from where the bear was shot so there's a very good uh chance the bear was eating from the blueberry bushes that we got the berries from so just one of those little special things that you you know you take every bite and you're just like you you tell you're eating something special so yeah man that's awesome that's that's the kind of connection that i like to hear and, um, yeah, you know, like I, like I was saying, uh, just want to touch on again real quick, you know, um, I invited somebody to be on the show a while back that is uh, uh, just uh, really into camping and hiking in, in the state park system that we have here in Pennsylvania. And um, she was kind of like, oh, you know, I don't really believe in killing animals and whatnot. And I said, well, like, I don't really believe in killing animals either. And I know that might sound yeah. weird to you, but, you know, the connection that we have with, with these animals that we kill and and uh the way that they supply us and you know we we eat them and cherish them and and it's really hard to explain to people how that how that works but um yeah that 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 is really that's awesome man to be able to connect yourself like that you know i um one of the other things that my brother and i do that that helps us connect with the land on top of uh you know killing all the animals and harvesting everything that we do is um we we started making maple syrup a couple years ago and um, okay. it's so, so easy. It's it's really not that hard. It's just a little bit time consuming, but um, the reward is just cool. You know, I mean, it's like, dude, these trees are my backyard, and I'm, nah, I could I can make my own sugar, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, in this in this state of Pennsylvania, you've lived here all your life, and I ask all the guests this, and this is definitely like one of the one of the favorites that guys like to hear, uh, and the, and the the listeners like to hear. You know. What are some things that you think that that we do really well here in Pennsylvania? And then on top of that, on the flip side of it, what are some things that you think that we could look at? And uh, that could be, you know, uh, via laws. That could be uh, via things that you've seen you wish people would be better about. Um, anything outdoors related. Okay. Um, let's see. Some things that I think we're good at. Um, from hunting 
other states, you know, I've hunted New York. Um, we do the September bear season in New York that we've, we've hunted before. Um, I've also been out to Idaho with my brother, um, and a few of our buddies. And, um, one thing that I think is so special about Pennsylvania, and this is also fishing is just the access Mm. and the, um, what's the word, I guess the, it's all very doable. Like a kid that comes home from school can go realistically can go in his neighbor's field with permission and have a chance at shooting a monster buck. Mm-hmm. You know, like just as much as the guy who spends his entire time hiking into the, the back country to, to, to go find mountain bucks. And, you know, like I think that's something that's so cool about Pennsylvania is everybody has the opportunity with just a little bit of work that to be able to have an opportunity to hunt and and hunt successfully and even have an opportunity to to shoot a nice deer or nice bear um compared to states like out west you know in idaho Mm -hmm. where you're driving four hours you're you're lucky if you get a tag in the area that you live in Mm -hmm. you know and you're um it's just not as accessible as Pennsylvania. I think that's something that's so special about our state. Yeah. So I like that. I think that's definitely a plus. Oh, what can we do better? I like that access and opportunity. Yeah. I believe that that is something, man. I know where I live. Honest to God. I don't think I could drive. I probably can't drive eight miles anyway from my house without hitting a game lands. So if I, if I, you know, if I go North, if I go South, I go West, I go East. Doesn't matter. I'm, probably eight to 10 miles. I'm going to hit a, a different tract of game lands, which is wild. Yeah. And, and also too, our game lands are very nice. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. compared to, I mean, I not to bag on New York, but I mean, it's just like another state that I've hunted a, a good amount. And each game lands in New York almost has its own rules, especially in the Southern zone. That's like in the Catskill mountains area, there's whole game lands where you can't even hunt bears. It's like not even a thing. Yeah. Or there's game lands where it's small game only, or it's game lands where there's deer only. That's pretty wild. And yeah, it's pretty weird, but I mean, that's just so cool that we don't have to worry about that kind of thing in Pennsylvania. And we have so much game lands yeah. that, ha- that produce very nice deer and very nice bears. Yeah. So. Yeah. We're doing, we're doing that right. I agree with you, man. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so on the flip side, like I know you, like I said, you've been here your whole life. So you got to have something on your mind where you're like, man, I'd like to see that change. Oh, see that change. It's one of those things that, you know, you're sitting at camp with your buddies and it's like midnight and you can find a lot of things that you want to change. Right. It's but... hard on the spot. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I think, um, I think there, I think there's more in fishing than there yeah. is necessarily in hunting. Okay. What do you got? Like I, I'd like to see the state not stock streams that have native trout in them. Very good. Yeah. I like, that. I, I think that's something that I, that we should definitely not be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, as for hunting, um, I don't know. I kind of like where the direction yeah. things are going in hunting. I, I know I, I was my good buddy, Dan Collins, who was on this show brought up, um, cell cams and I'm kind of with that too. Mm, yeah. I would not mind if, if he didn't cell have... cams were banned at least during hunting season. Yeah. I like um, that too. What'd you say? I like that. I like that. I could I could yeah. definitely get down with that. Yep. 
But yeah, other than that, though, I mean, I I like to say my my glass is half full mm-hmm. when it comes to um, Pennsylvania hunting and fishing. So I don't have too much. I'm not too critical on the state. You know what I mean? I think we're I think we're definitely top five best states when it comes to hunting and fishing. So. I, I I don't think anybody could disagree with that. I yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay, we might not have uh, the the giant bucks all over that say ohio has right but you know i spend a lot of time in ohio because i have family out there and i can tell you they do not have the fishing we have they're not even in the same realm that we have um yeah you hear about that too all the time guys that go out west and they're they're all excited to go fishing these beautiful mountain lakes and then when they come back to pa that's like all they could think about the entire time was how much they missed pa and just the amount of streams we have and everything. So. No, I want you to I want you to think about something real quick. Yes. Think about if all those streams were not polluted. And oh, I'm, and I'm I mean, not and I'm not dogging coal in any way, and I'm not dogging yeah. any natural resources because I grew up. You know, the reason I exist is because of coal, because of uh-huh. uh, you know what I mean, family members and and pap and and all that, and my my family's ingrained in, in, in coal, and I live in coal country, um, but. You know, just if they would have done a better job about cleaning, cleaning stuff up, and uh, you know, taking care of of some other things instead of just you know wiping wiping the coal out and then moving along and then leaving uh, something that's not very good for the environment around. But yeah. I mean, I have no, absolutely. Oh my goodness, I have streams, three or four streams that are you know, very close to my house. That the way that they bend, if they weren't polluted, you know, these sulfur streams, they would be unreal. Like the holes in the every time I see them and I'm you know I'm hunting and I'm, I'm moving through them areas I'm like man I can't help but wonder like that would be just just insane. Uh yeah I can imagine I mean a good example is uh I mean there is hope you know what I mean like yeah a, for sure a, a a good example is the Lehigh River which is very that's, close to us that's and a good example yeah. I, I was talking to some old timers that were saying back when they were kids the the water ran black from the coal mines up in the Poconos and yeah. Scranton in that area. And now it's like one of the best um, trout streams in the state. It's like a, yeah. a class A trout stream. So, yep. but yeah, you know, it's, it's like, it sucks that it even happened in the first place, but it, I mean, that's how our country was. Yeah. Oh, that's how sure, our country. Man. We wouldn't have, started. What we have with, I mean, it's with, without. necessary. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like I said, I don't dog it at all. I have lots of friends and lots of family that work. Um, and even me, like I work on the railroad, and uh, without coal, I, okay. I, I probably wouldn't have a job, to be honest. But okay, yeah, my dad works in the coal or the clean coal industry. Okay, he's a structural designer, and he designs a bunch of clean coal. Um, I don't even know exactly what it would be called, like a skid type deal. So yeah, um, but you know, to to reel it back in a little bit, um, it's it's a great place to live, man. But you know, one thing I want you to touch on is uh you know you you make lures and uh i I want you to kind of sell what you're doing man talk about your lures and and talk them up and then also talk about how we can get a hold of you if we're interested in in getting a hold of it yeah sure so um i started making lures back in college uh i love i grew up bass fishing i grew up predator fishing um uh i fell in love with art as a child and I went to school I went to an art school in Philadelphia and I I, uh, graduated with a degree in industrial design and my my senior thesis I decided to uh, 
make some fishing lures and specifically um, a style of fishing lure called a swim bait, which is a, usually a larger fishing lure over the size of six inches that is specifically for bass that replicates um, a prey item. In my case, I, I make uh, these giant articulated rat lures that um, look like big rats swimming across the water okay. and, you know, they catch, it, um, they catch bass and they, they catch musky and it's just a bunch of fun. And yeah, if you ever want to get a hold of me and interested in the lore, I'm going to probably drop a few soon this spring. Um, you can get a hold of me at 610baits on, or 610baits on Instagram. And that's kind of my main Instagram as well. It's where I post my bear pictures and um, where I, I keep everyone updated with that. It's mainly just a, a bunch of pals. Um, it's, I don't do it for a living. I, I just mainly do it for fun and mm-hmm. get some very nice, high quality lures out there. And I make one at a time. And um, but yeah, that's that, yeah, that's what I've been doing for the past ten years now is just um, developing and working with lures and working with um, people. I, big name company or big name guys in the lure business were a few of my mentors. Uh, so I have, yeah, I have some experience in that. And if you're interested, uh, hit me up on Instagram. So that's awesome, man. Um, you guys heard it. If, uh, if you guys want to, want to BS about some fishing lures, um, or, and, or buy some fishing lures or talk about bear and, uh, talk about, um, how to call a bear back to you. How about that? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, please. I love, I love talking about bears. Anybody that wants to, you know I mean? Go out to lunch. I, I will, I'm down to sit down and talk about bears for an hour so <laughs> well brother like i said don't be surprised if you get some people to reach out to you after this um <laughs> more <Eric, than> <laughs> i'm telling you man i really appreciate your conversation thank you brother thank you for coming through hopefully we can catch up with you uh later in a year or something if you get a bear on the ground you know i'm sure that i'll see it but you need to let me know right away so that i can get that out there and uh let everybody know that uh that that uh, you've struck again Sure will. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, brother. Um, God bless you and uh, enjoy your season. Thank you. You too. Ladies and gentlemen, you have finished another episode of the Keystone Chronicles podcast. Thank you guys, everybody that tuned in. All the support for me to air some new episodes. Glad to be back on the mic and got some new stuff coming your way once again thanks for listening don't forget to add rate and subscribe on all platforms 